In the motion picture industry, the star vehicle is a tale as old as time, a way to take a bankable star and rake the public for some extra cashola before they move on to a newer make and model. We know referring to human actors as objects isn't great, but we do love a solid star vehicle. When was the last time you said no to an Angelina Jolie movie? Um, never. Do we care about plot and solid writing? Nope. Not when Julia Roberts graces our screen. So, we're watching movies the way your mom watches them. We are asking a lot of questions we'll never have the answers to, but we're keeping our eyes peeled for the stars. Movie critics, we are not. But that won't stop us from preserving this sacred art form. Join us each week as we recap, reframe, and sometimes rewrite your favorite star vehicle. Steven, what's up? Um, Hi. Show me that coffee. What is that? Is that an iced coffee in a hot cup? Yeah, they were out of regular cups or rather iced coffee cups. Poor excuse. Um, Poor excuse. And people were pretty like pretty upset. There was a lot of questions as to where the supplies were and they didn't have lids either. I, yeah, the you woman have... in front of me, you could see the steam coming out of her ears. She was like, where are the lids? Okay, listeners at home, Stephen has a, it looks like a re- one of those like recyclable um, hot cups. Right. Twenty, I'm calling it 20 ounces with a hot pink bendy straw coming out of it. And That's from home. no cap. No, well they didn't, yeah. Because they it didn't was... have caps and they didn't have iced coffee cups. And then I had to walk home with no lid. That's yeah. quite the balancing act. No, it's fucked. You ever go to concerts <laughs> and they take the cap from you? Like of the, of oh the water gosh. bottle? Yeah, <laughs> like and they the do it. They kind element. of look you, they look you in the eye as they take it off. Like you're and a then criminal. They like toss it be- you like they <laughs> toss it behind you or toss it behind them. Yeah, they're like, I know you want this, but you can't have it. <laughs> and then they hide it. <gasps> then they take it. Yeah. I hate well, that. <laughs> you seem to be in you seem to be in pretty good spirits, which is good because I, again. <laughs> I know you have a pretty big, you know, lie to admit to. Oh shit. Do you want to come clean? Oh no. Are you about to trap me? Is this a gotcha podcast? Chanel. I think it's time that you came clean about lying about Jennifer Lopez's height. <laughs> Can you put an end to this to this nightmare that you put this nation through? Oh my god, I owe JLo. Explain yourself. In the entire podcasting community and um Latina women an apology, right? I would You could hear a pin drop when you said that she was 5'2". <laughs> It was such a lovely punchline in our last episode <laughs> that um, Ralph finds his character. It was like, yeah, she's 5'6". Well, he doesn't sound like that, but, you know, I'm from New York. And, right. I, and I go, J-Lo's 5'2", and you give me the best laugh ever, which feels so good. I'm like, yeah, I love a good Steven laugh. Because I trusted you. You trusted me, and I, like, did you dirty. Okay, community, I'm here to admit that I was wrong. J-Lo is wrong. not 5'2". She is 5'6". 
or like, but what's even on- worse is that is that you sent me your evidence to back up why you thought she was five foot two, and it was a Instagram picture of her birthday celebration with the numbers five two, which is her age, not her height. So like the day before, or like the few days before we recorded that pod, I looked at that post and she wrote five two. What it do, baby? And then posted, and she looked so hot, and I was like, oh yeah, she's like making like a short girl like thing like oh five two baby what a do and i was like that's so lovely and then i sent it to you and you go she turned 52 i think there were the balloons too those five like those big gold balloons with the numbers no maybe not in this picture what how tall are you five feet i'm really short okay i'm gonna send you a five and a zero balloon and you're gonna <laughs> post, post it i only <laughs> So from here on out, birthdays are just your height balloon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you, you can do it in inches if you want to? <laughs> Sixty-two inches. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm sorry, you guys. I felt really guilty about that. Truly, like I was like, oh fuck, I just lied to like dozens of people. Yeah, the tens of viewers. Tens of viewers have been misinformed. Also, what I was thinking, first of all, two weeks notice, I've n- I have never seen this movie before. This was the first time Same. I ever saw it. And the whole time, I kept thinking to myself, if someone wants to throw me a surprise birthday party, here's what I would want. I would want someone to run out of movie theater and we watch Made in Manhattan and then two weeks notice back to back with no time in between. Double 2002 New York City romps with our faves. Right. I enjoyed the I enjoyed Jennifer Lopez's presence a lot, but I laughed way, 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 way more At with this two one. weeks' notice. Yeah. Sandra Bullock is like a she's a little comedian. I, I think we kind of forget because she has like legit work under her belt too. Yeah. Um Gravity, hey. <laughs> That's so fun. In Oxter, in in Oscar history. I don't think I could have picked a better movie. You couldn't have. This was a phenom follow-up. To to follow up Made in Manhattan. The only reason I picked it, well, there were two reasons. Yeah, I want to hear. Number one, I feel like when we did Miss Congeniality, it was, we didn't really give Sandra Bullock the attention that she deserves. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard to dive into that one. But so I wanted to give it a second go. And then as soon as I saw that this was 2002, I figured there has to be some sort of connection between this and Made in Manhattan. Yeah, I'm so happy you and chose boy, this. boy, were there connections. And like we have mentioned before, as in one time before, this is a cumulative yeah. curriculum. It builds. It builds. And that's right. So if you if you missed a lesson... You're gonna be you're gonna be so lost. So you you better. You're gonna want to double back. You're gonna want to double back and don't move on until you fully understand the previous mm-hmm. week's episode. Yeah, all the. So points if you still made. have, if you are sitting here right now and you're saying, "Is Jennifer Lopez Mediterranean?" Go back, go back and re-listen to Made in Manhattan until you understand that she's not Mediterranean. Yeah. If you're like, wait, I thought J Lo was five two. Go back. Go back. Or, or, and then or you'll maybe still don't, be confused. I, you'll still be confused because it, it was still wrong. Just just rewind five minutes from now, and five then minutes. you'll you should that should clear it up. That'll clear it up for you guys. 
But yeah. yes, this is this is more of an advanced Sandra Bullock course right now. So um yeah. you will be you'll be pretty pretty confused. This is a, yeah. this is AP Sandra Bullock. Get your notebooks out, friends, because we're not kidding. We're not screwing around here. We're taking this very seriously. So, so seriously. Today's flick is two weeks notice. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Don't know why. Probably got buried um, in other 2002 movies like Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> or like Harry Potter. Yeah. Like also it's like a weird year. That's the right phrase. Like never heard of it. <laughs> like I've heard of it. Exactly correct. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I know the, ex- I've heard the expression. I've heard the expression before. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, that there was a, a movie with the title. Of course. Of course. But heard of this movie? Nope. I don't know. No. Before I read the synopsis, which I will do, I have to ask oh. you, have you ever given two weeks notice? Because I've always wanted that pleasure, but I've never had it. I must know. Giving two weeks notice and that space where you've let your employer know that you are leaving and yet you're still there, to me, that's my favorite time to work anywhere. I would think, but like I've it's, never been able to. I gave, I've left three jobs, so. <laughs> oh my gosh, with the, with the customary two-week notice? Standard? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, and, good for you. And also, very kind of you. That's right. It's not, it's not a law, right? You don't need to give two weeks notice. No, of course not. It's not a law. Not a law. But it is recommended. And once you give those two weeks, you can, you can just relax. Yeah. And oftentimes in those two weeks, I find that I enjoy the job more. (laughs) Really let go. Because you're, you're no longer Sandra Bullock moment. (laughs) That's right. So, so it's relieving. It's so relieving. Do you like suddenly, and, do you kind of slack at the job? Or you probably just give like a normal amount of attention instead of like over attention, knowing you. Yeah, you probably, you probably just do it like what you're supposed to do. Yeah, this the standard amount of like care instead of like this overbearing, not overbearing, like overachieving stuff. I have that. I have that. Yeah, because one of my worst qualities at work is that when I see people fearless feedback give, for yourself, not <laughs> not giving 100%, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that task from you and I'm going to do it because I don't trust you to get it done. I mean, yeah, but then you get yourself in deep with like responsibilities, oh, ne- but I agree. never work, never works out. No, of course not. I don't trust anybody to do anything. No. Quite literally. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. <laughs> take nothing off my plate, please. It's all mine. <laughs> in fact, I'll take things from yours. Yes. Because I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing <laughs> from your... Do better. This is made made of Manhattan throwback. I'm the better maid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm the better intern. (laughs) I know you took tasks from other interns while you were an intern. That that's a definite Steven. For sure. For sure. Amazing. Should I read the synopsis for two weeks' notice? Yeah, let's read it and then we'll get into it. Okay, I'm so ready for this. All right. Dedicated environmental lawyer Lucy Kelson, played by Sandra Bullock, will probably refer to her as her to her refer to her as Sandy, goes to work. Just for- just just read the prompt because <laughs> this is not the time. You need is to just stick with the basics there? right now. Okay. 
Dedicated environmental law lawyer Lucy Kelson goes to work for billionaire George Wade, Hugh Grant, as part of a deal to preserve a community center. Indecisive and weak-willed George grows dependent on Lucy's guidance on everything from legal matters to clothing. Exasperated, Lucy gives notice and picks Harvard graduate June Carter, played by Alicia Witt, as her replacement. As Lucy's time at the firm nears an end, she grows jealous of June and has second thoughts about leaving George. At a homely legal aid office, George aids Lucy in reminding her that they indeed love each other. Cut to a magical New York City kiss moment on the street. Oh, that sounds like a good movie. I don't know. I don't know about you. Sounds like a great movie. And continuing my trend, I wrote the last two lines. You did. Everything else was sourced. Everything else, yeah, sourced, yeah. Everything else was properly sourced. Last two, his words. Absolutely, my words. It, um, yeah, this was a fantastic, fantastic movie. This was so enjoyable. Okay. Is that your stomach? (laughs) What is going on with you? It's my throat. Ew. I keep drinking water, and you know how, like, air kind of gets trapped in your throat? It's not like a full burp, but it's like air gets stuck in your throat. I know you hate, I know you hate that, so I'm, like, trying to ignore it. (laughs) It's making it worse. (laughs) You can hear it. Things, the call is coming from inside the house. It is in your throat. Folks at home, you might hear a little something. It's not my my stomach. But there is a stomach, there is some stomach humor in this movie, which is, was shocked. We do have okay. Actually, that's really really important because there is a lot of internal medicine and mysterious illness work going on in the movie. That if you if you if you are not paying close attention to the props, you'll miss that something is going on. Internal medicine. We'll get there. Okay. Now, so the opening. I'm so excited. So the opening, like the title sequence. Well, I mean, I think we both have we both had an, a, a funny in the title sequence, um, kind of a similar function in miscongeniality, but um, miscongeniality takes like a full scene to do like throwbacky. This is who our characters our character was when she was little. This movie yeah. just does it in like a title sequence. Which I appreciated. Which I loved. loved I loved it. the title sequence because it was a slideshow of images mm-hmm. that told you everything you needed to know Black and white. about Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. And Hugh and Grant. And you knew, you knew who they were. And I was enjoying it. I was watching the slides and seeing pictures of of him and in kind of like military fatigues, like little you know cute little baby soldiers, like they dress up. Um, yeah, just. Uh, aristocracy in military propaganda for for brits right and the and you know a little bit more homely uh, representations of sandra bullock and then i nearly spit out the sip of wine that i had in my mouth when when there was a child holding a banner that said impeach Impeach nixon Nixon. (laughs) Chanel, I screamed. I texted you immediately. Yeah, you did. You're like, oh my like, god, you are going to die. I- <laughs> <laughs> no hyperbole. I, I was 
it shook me to my core to see Nixon's name again. Again, 2002. In, in a film. I know. And and I immediately was like, here we are again. We're back to that event that took place in September of 2001. We're right after that again. Mm-hmm. And we're dealing with the same the themes same. and ideas. Yeah. The same New York City. So love the opening title cards. Uh, Sandy, young Sandy Bullock is clearly a social justice warrior as evidenced by her banner. And then Hugh Grant is clearly just rich. Like that's all He's I rich. from him. He's rich. Now, Made in Manhattan was much more overt in its conservative messaging. messaging. I think that this this film is equally conservative in its messaging. It's just a little bit more sneaky. Because oh, yes, it's way more disguised. Because they take this this um this liberal Sandra Bullock, um, and they let us know that she's a liberal because they let us know that she cried when George Bush won yes. both times. Yes. <laughs> so she's a liberal, and <laughs> we'll only seen see. You cry twice. Once when we'll George, <laughs> when George Bush was elected, which which George? <laughs> yeah. No, she goes which Bush. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went, oh, that's that's all I needed. So we see her conversion into conservative values um throughout this film, which is probably even more of a descent than J Lo, but we'll 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 get to that. Yeah, it's it's a little more sinister. But you're right. She's 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 an activist. Yes, that's where I was going. Activist Sandy. She's also a, by the she's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. That was shocking. It's shocking because we never see her do any <laughs> legal work. <laughs> there's one scene. There's one scene where she does represent Hugh Grant in divorce in proceedings. Divorce settlement, yeah. But you're just like what? <laughs> it seemed like she was more just pushing paperwork in that scene than than ever doing any real legal work. Yeah, once again, a film that would have benefited from a historian. So <laughs> just the, the parallels between this and Made in Manhattan are like actually eerie. Um, yeah. Not, not much of a foray into what it's like to be a maid. Not much of a look behind the curtain of what it's like to be a lawyer. Um, not at all. But I, I, I guess that's the point. The point is she's like an overworked nanny with him. But okay. Getting ahead of ourselves, she she's in like a hippie outfit, or um, excuse me, like a very bohemian oh. <laughs> outfit with a headband. Which the headband work in this film was impeccable. It was peak two thousand two. That big chunky headband to get those bangs out of her eyes, and oh, she is like laying in front of a building so that they don't tear with it down. Two very annoying friends. Two very annoying friends, which. I thought they were randoms on the street. I had no idea she knew them. And uh, when that scene ended, I was like, okay, I don't really need to see these people again. And then they popped up a few back. more times and I was like, enough, enough, enough of her. Oh, this is a give me, me problem. Give me 1000 guesses. I will. N- I could never, never guess her remember name. them. I could so, never so guess her name or his. This, this is exactly what happened. So I watched the and they first... don't like her. They don't like her. They hate her, but they tolerate <laughs> her. It's it's weird. The best friend work, again, is very weird. 
she so I thought these were two randoms that we were never going to see again they get they um basically the guy proposes to his girl on the ground in front of like a a, a demolition site a wrecking right. ball quite literally and they skip off and I'm like okay we are never going to see those two again they're her that's her best friend <laughs> those are her only friends those are her only and, friends and they they were acting as if they had no well, first of all, I really thought they were going to a yoga class. And second of all, yeah, rolled out to they yoga acted mats, like they had down. no idea what they were doing or exactly. why they were there. It looked like she courted two randoms on the street. She was like, hey, I need like some bodies. Do you want to like just come through? I have a mat for you. And that's what I thought. And I was going to say this is like a me problem because I started this movie. Two, like I watched this movie in two nights. So the first night I saw the first like 20 minutes, which is not good. And then mm-hmm. so the second night I'm... I'm not, I had no idea that that was her best friend. And I had to go back to the beginning and it made a lot more sense that she was at this woman's goddamn wedding. But they, they initially paint Sandra Bullock as, Mm -hmm. as a real life crazy person. Yeah. That's what they're trying. That's what they're leading you to quite literally. They're, they're putting the water in front of your mouth and saying lick. (laughs) (laughs) She's crazy. She's crazy. She's and then nuts. I, her the second clue that she's nuts is that when they go back to her apartment, it has that yellow wallpaper. That wallpaper. I was like, I okay, I had lived in an apartment in Brooklyn one time with yellow walls. Oof. And Bad it was for my a mental descent. Health. It was a descent into madness. Into truly. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of confused by the choice. I was like, okay, um, she doesn't have a lot of money. Got it. Cool. No, she has she has no money. But wa- but that wallpaper was like... She has no money, yet, yet. she has a pretty complicated Chinese takeout food order. Uh, yeah. Disproportionate to her lifestyle. <laughs> Makes no sense. I mean, I love, I would love to get multiple orders from a Chinese food restaurant, but it's that adds up when you get four entrees so in a night. I didn't understand what they were doing with that. Okay, they bring back the Chinese food order three times, which is like a quirky, <laughs> fun, like, haha, nope, I'm eating for, like, they're like, would you like four forks? She's like, no, I only need one. And then, yeah. like, the big punchline is on the third time. She's like, no, it's for two. Spoiler alert, you know, she ends up with somebody at the end of this. I didn't understand the function of that for the the whole first pass on this movie. Yeah. Um, they were painting her as an overeater. <laughs> Which blew my damn mind. And I, was I mean, like, by the way, she turned sideways and she disappears. Oh so. my God. Um like very few scenes later she's sitting with her parents and they're eating and her parents are also obviously crunchy hippie as well um you know social justice people raised her probably gave her that nixon banner and i found her mother to be extremely unpleasant i didn't enjoy her they don't do a good job with the women in this movie oh i i wrote she was really sour this movie could be called the charmer and his shrew oh (laughs) that's how they paint women in this you're so unpleasant. Yeah. All I wanted to say about this opening is very rarely in Hollywood in this time do you get to see 
a contradiction like this, normally it's like you're the lawyer who will not have a family or you're like social justice and whatever. It's just like yeah. to see this contradiction on screen was actually kind of wild. One second she's bohemian, the next second she's in a suit, she's working for the man, she's making 250k. Um, right. Very rarely do we get both. Well, that is movie. okay, that was the only the only negative that I found with this movie was only And this negative. is rare rare for a star vehicle. Mm-hmm. The pacing was way too fast. <laughs> it moves very so quick. quickly. <laughs> yeah, Normally so she... these movies, like, I mean, Eat, Pray, Love, I felt like I had spent years watching that movie. This one, it was like, it was Blink. so fast. <laughs> like, it was like two blink. weeks later, two months later, one year later. It was like, whoa. Chill out. You blink and Hugh Grant, um, who's introduced to us on the front cover of like a Forbes magazine, so we're like rich. Hugh, with you blink, and Hugh Grant's at his brother's house, and his brother just goes, "Hire a real lawyer by tomorrow." And I literally wrote, "Or else what?" Or <laughs> like literally, or else what? <laughs> he write, He when, says, "When Hugh Grant, okay, why? Okay, so we're 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 getting you know introduced to these two characters, mm-hmm. and one of the first scenes with Hugh Grant is that." He drives to this house. Yeah. Don't know where it is. In the tri-state. Don't know where it is. In the tri-state. A woman, a a very severe, severe looking woman opens the door. Why was she so angry? Gives him the rundown. I thought that was his mom. I thought that was his mom too. Was that his brother's wife? That was his brother's wife. Yeah, that was inappropriate. But I didn't understand why. Again, it was like... Why is she so angry? I mean, in retrospect, looking back, Hugh Grant should, in theory, he has no redeeming qualities in this movie. He's just kind of like rich and, oh my God, he, I couldn't tell if he was stupid, like quite literally like (laughs) dumb or if his humor was so dry that it was actually hilarious. Like I didn't know what they were going for. Like she asked him, does he need anything? And he's like milk like a milk dud and she's like oh, I'll go get you a milk dud and he's like send out for a whole box or something like the joke was so weird it was oh, and I wrote this said? down I wrote yeah he 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 asked for a milk dud and she was gonna send out for one and he was like we'll get a whole box if you send out yeah and I, I was like is this sarcasm <laughs> or Hugh Grant stupid? didn't really do it for me he didn't understand the assignment in this movie and yeah. it's like, this is the second movie in a row now where the lady's job is... Heavy lifting. Is f- very much so heavy lifting. But, like, she's less there to fall in love with him than she is to, like, fix him. Because, like, we saw J-Lo. Like, he was, like, he loved her, but she was really on the fence about him. But her job was to fix him. And then in this movie, it's the same, same dynamic thing. Same like, thing. Like he is—he's totally into her, and I get it. She looks great in this movie, but <laughs> she, like, at the end of the movie, and obviously jumping ahead, and they kiss at the end of the movie. I was like, wow, this is really the first. This this is the first time that they've like 
shown Touch. any attention, <laughs> touched anything. I wrote multiple times in my notes, I need way more sexual attention, like 100% more. You lead me there. Please. Give me something I can work with because this was pretty flat. Really flat. I So Ooh. I finished this movie, had a great time, and then I started, you'll be happy to know, I quite literally started journaling. And oh. I was not okay after like reviewing the deeper message of this movie. I just was like, oh my God, another film where the woman is fixing the man he mm-hmm. is actively benefiting from everything she's ever done for him. And then yeah. at the end, she is labeled as like overbearing, difficult, too chatty, too many. Opi- I'm like, what? You ask her all movie for her help and she gives it times 200. And then you stuff your dirty hand in front of her mouth and tell her to shut up as you kiss her. Oh my her. gosh. He literally puts his hand on her in mouth. In front of her mouth. I to got sh- super to uncomfortable. shut her up. To Maybe shut that's why her I didn't up sleep last night. I literally was spinning <laughs> after this. You had, night- you had nightmares. Oh my God. Oh. I wrote Gaslighting 101. He goes, Be honest, you crave emergencies. Oh. <laughs> it's fucked up. Okay. That can there... get us back on point if we want. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> we've. <laughs> no, we are making great points. I just mean like back into like scene work. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. First, I, 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 there are still some things I need to clear up about Sandra Bullock's character. Yeah, let's because she go. has the she has the star, and and something is wrong with her medically. Like, like something everyone, is wrong. <laughs> Every film wrong. we've done. What is wrong with her medically? She cares too much. No, 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 no. Okay. We get you, this clue and she had, okay, she's, <laughs> you think the stomach, is it the stomach issue? <laughs> There's oh, always she had, on her desk. She has, she has something because from the first scene, she's never without a wet nap or an antibacterial wipe. Yeah. And then, what? and then every, <laughs> every scene of her at work, her desk is, is like a, a CVS. There are Tums. There's, there's cold medicine. There's Kleenex. There's 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 band aids all over her desk. That was. I was confusing. like, are they trying to send a message? That was super confusing because you'd you'd probably look at that desk and go hypochondriac or something. Yeah, um, it's like they don't okay, talk why about would it. you have all these all these uh, over the counter medicines on someone's desk if it's not for a purpose? I know. Well, on second pass, the Tums, I was like, oh, okay, the overeating thing, which I've already mentioned is absolutely insane. She has GERD. So she's with her parents and they're eating lunch. And um, basically, um, what's his face? George, um, she approaches him and is like, please don't knock down my beloved community center. And he's like, if you take this position with me, um, I will not knock down your community center. Sandy accepts. Um, and her parents are like, this is like lunch. And her parents are like, you can never work for this man. And literally the establishing shot of this is Sandy with her pants unbuttoned. And she goes, I can't <laughs> believe I ate so much. And, and then they like, bring her, then they bring her a tinfoil duck. And <laughs> she looks and she goes, oh, this is dessert. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, you're oh, she, right. You're right. She there sits there with her gut. Some- or her non-existent gut hanging out. And she's like, I can't believe how much I ate. 
And at, on the first watch, I'm like, this is a total non sequitur. Like this actually just just came out of nowhere. This makes no sense. I'm so confused. Um, okay, so we're supposed to think that her overeating is a flaw, and we're supposed to arrive at that by like no by like looking. But this is where Hollywood deeply misses time and time again. You can't put the package of Sandra Bullock and be like overeater. You can't do that to us. The only way I knew overeating was supposed to be a problem in this movie is because he tells us at the end, George. He goes he like, does? he literally is like, I know you're an overeater and you're this and you're that. And you're like, he just is shitting oh, on her life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. You can't do that. It's you're right though because this did go over my head because it's right? so implausible because she's yeah it makes no sense she's she's like she's real thin I mean she doesn't look unhealthy but she's just she's actress thin and yeah. they're they're really hitting us over the head with this idea that she is like a severe overeater and it never landed for me. It doesn't and land. And I guess that's why I was so confused. And that actually probably clears up some of the... medical the, issue. Some of the medical... You're right. Because it was like yeah. Tums and like um, yeah. other stuff. Wow. And she has that, that bathroom run in the middle of traffic. It makes oh. no sense. <laughs> so we I was so nervous through that. I was like, please don't go there. Please. I'm begging you. Please. So please, God. But like they were just banking on our audience being like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's a problem. Like, yeah. And we only know it when the man labels it a problem at the end. He's like, I know you're overbearing and you talk too much and you care too much and you're an overeater. You may be an overeater, but I love you. I'll still accept you. And you're like, what? That's what that was? Got it. Okay. Things are clicking now. Glad I could clear that up for you. Because I literally was like, I the only reasonable explanation I could come up with is I was like, this must be like product placement, right? Like Tums must have paid oh, to have idea. their products featured next to this pretty, pretty lady. Pretty, pretty but lady. now I know that they're functional because she was an overeater. Okay, noted. Okay, yeah, noted. so they were desperately trying to make us believe that she is unattractive um, in more ways than just the overeating and it right. doesn't land it doesn't land because of like the packaging the medium is the message you've heard that before <laughs> so <laughs> okay <laughs> you're like okay bitch uh you done <laughs> i called it miscongeniality light we're supposed to be like she's clumsy oh my god her pratfalls in this are next level good i die every time she would like do you, do you remember when she fell down the stairs on the boat and she's like hanging Oh my goodness. Her, the physical comedy in this was perfect, was next level. I loved it. It was, it was, it was very, very funny. Oh my gosh. Wait, but you did, you did mention something in your speech. Um, about the overeating. About the overeating, which I appreciate, but it was a lot. Rock and <laughs> we're on a time crunch. <laughs> So I guess you could also say that Mona Lisa's Mona Lisa smile, um, Eat, Pray, Love's calorie scene was a really a direct response to <laughs> to to the food work done in two weeks' notice. Okay, yeah. noted. Never okay. gonna draw parallels. So you're you you did mention that the only reason that she ends up working for Hugh Grant and ditching all of her morals and upbringing is that she's going to protect the community this center. community center mm-hmm. and. 
boy, do they talk up this community center. Oh, it's a place for people to God. congregate. There's um, senior citizen. What is it? Marco Polo. I don't. What was? What were the activities that they do there? Glazed over. Didn't listen. Didn't care uh, on any of it. I was. There like, were so many activities, yeah. and I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay. And again, this is this is pretty typical of these movies, right? Like there's a problem in the community, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. um, people don't have a space to get together. A community center solves everything. I yeah. love that. I love the logic like that. Yeah, they hinge the entire movie on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they take away this community center, the community will fall apart. Got it. Mm-hmm. We cut to the community center. And I thought to myself, that's it. It's just an exterior. <laughs> if you want to show me that the community center is so with important, kind of ratty plastic chairs outside take me inside show me a bingo game show me yeah like show let me, me get a tour pool. let me exactly. get a tour and you just and see people I leaving happily they're like that was great what a good day and, and they walk out the front door yeah the scene is like sandra bullock sitting against or on a bench in the on the boardwalk staring at it like kind of like Longingly. smiling to herself coming out of like probably a severe food coma knowing her now i know knowing what i know about her knowing she's her. probably just co- coming to after a big dessert haul so she just hit up a le pan quotidian yeah, <laughs> yeah she's the coney island branch she just hit up a chili dog <laughs> Yeah, she cleared out to the dessert case at La Pan Quotidian, and she's now she's staring at the community center. Oh, and, and what I song really is thought, playing? Oh my god! A lot of on the nose music work in this. Let me just say that I fumbled with my phone to download Shazam because all of the songs in this movie were so good. I wrote it down. It was the um oh it was um Paradise Counting Crows. Feature featuring Vanessa Carlton. I wrote that down because Miguel had to get his um, Shazam out because I wanted to know that um, song. Wasn't it Big Yellow Taxi too in the beginning? Like with that overt environmental messaging. Yeah, absolutely. Ow, Charlie Horse. Um. (laughs) Stretch it out, stretch it out. Get up. Yeah. Quick, quick. Point your toe. Stop. I I was crossing my legs after. also noted that later in the movie, speaking of music, we got come real life Nora Jones. Me. Oh my God, I know. No. <laughs> we got come fly with me as they get in a helicopter. And then we got, I was like, oh my God, two, 2002. The, my the ears perk so up. so good. And it's real Nora Jones, not a backtrack. Not a backtrack. I imagine being, being, being Nora Jones sitting at your desk. And you get a call and you, and they say, you have two choices, Nora. Either either you go and do Made in Manhattan or Two Weeks Notice. One of the movies you get to be in and the other one, they just play the music. Mm. Oh my. She chose. Oh my goodness. She chose. And I realized I didn't really know what Nora Jones looked like. I know. I, I wondered knew. if that was a karaoke singer, but it was actually her. I did a double take because, you know, it is 20 years at this point. So I'm like, oh, is that Nora Jones? Oh, oh, that's that's Nora Jones. Holy. Okay. At a piano. That was shocking. Yeah. That was awesome. What happened to her? I was so pissed at Nora Jones in 2002 because she beat Avril Lavigne at the Grammys. <gasps> oh, 
for best new artist? She swept at the Grammys. She got like five that year. And I was like a little oh, kid. Oh, a year. This is a banner year for her. It was a really good year for her. She had like the arm full of Grammys. And <laughs> oh, I, I was like. those pictures. Me too. It's kind of nice. It's like. It's very, you've mentioned you like competition. I like competition. Oh, I, and I'm like, yes, sweep, bitch. Sweep. Sweep. So um, that year, I wanted Avril Lavigne to win everything. Sure. Because I owned HUD. Skater boy, hello. And then Nora swept everything. And I was like 10 and didn't really understand like quality music. Sure. <laughs> like, and that's Nora. It just, it just looked like Nora wasn't trying. And Avril Lavigne had tried really hard. I was like, Nora didn't do anything. All she did was like play piano for like 30 years and write really great music with excellent arrangements and become a timeless jazz musician for the modern era. But I just didn't get it. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, skater boy? Got it. Complicated? (laughs) I was an Avril Lavigne head. Okay. Wow. So this would have been triggering to see this probably for you. Yeah, I was triggered. To see your arch nemesis on screen. My arch nemesis. I've I've since come around to Nora. I actually love her. <laughs> so, okay, the community. Center- oh wait, you know what I was just thinking? Is that what? why she demanded a a basket of non fat muffins every morning? Oh yeah, what the hell was that? Yeah, uh-huh. they kept repeating it. Yeah, that so- she that she needs a a basket of non. <laughs> First of all, muffins, Ew. fat or not, are calorically for astronomical. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's, it's why I don't dabble in donuts because yes. if, if, if donuts too to many me, calories, too many calories for not enough substance, yeah. I have no problem eating a 700 calorie like breakfast, yeah, but breakfast, I would rather anything. have, I don't want one donut. I want like a few things. Mm-hmm. It's not filling. It's not about the calories. It's, it's like substance. A donut to me, you're not getting a whole lot out of it. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Oh my God. I used to work at a place where they would cater our lunch. And this is now just like the rookie mistake is eating too much at work. You get so yeah. sick. And that's, this is, I mean, I'm like discovering this movie in real time with her eating, but like that really, really makes sense why she has all those tongues. Yes. The tongues. She's probably constantly in pain. Like I said, the whole first pass of this movie, it was like every time she brought up her eating habits, it felt like a non sequitur. It felt like, bitch, we weren't talking about that. Like we were just about to talk about law. Yeah, (laughs) ma'am. And by the way, show us the law. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, now we get into the law. Nope. She ate too much. It was so weird. (laughs) Now she needs a nap. Yeah. Like I said, it, it angered me to know that like that only landed when he labeled it a problem. Yeah. Okay, we can get off the we can get off the overeating thing. <laughs> oh, there's one more character that we haven't talked about, and I feel Ooh. bad even doing this. But what's her name? June, the new hire. Oh my god! Is her name June? Did I make that her up? Her name is. I think it's June. We'll go with June. And this is Harvard? nothing against yeah, this is nothing against the actress. I'm sure she's a lovely, lovely person. Do you know who she is? No. Miss Rhode Island from Miss Reality. <gasps> Wait, are you serious? <laughs> yep. Wait, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Also, same guy. Are you guy kidding me? Who wrote Miss Congeniality, wrote and directed this movie. Oh my God. So he's just, he's just pushing old buttons, old cheat codes. Oh my God. I feel like I'm going to cry. I was going to say. <laughs> you don't look okay. This is blowing my mind because 
I had a really visceral reaction to June. I was like, ugh. I didn't like her. Did not like her at all. I think that was the point, but ugh. But I was just, I felt, and it crystallized for me when they were at that carnival party and she wore the top hat. I All that I wanted to do was flip that hat off of her off head. Her fucking head. What was the theme she of looked, that? She looked circus? unclear. Circus, circus. It was unclear, but she looked ridiculous. She looked absolutely ridiculous. And yes. didn't like her very much. There was something so unladylike about her, especially when they go back to his his hotel room and they play strip chess and she uh. asks for a beer. I thought, oof. No I was trying. Woman I was trying to go along with the scene. No, not in that. Not in that scenario. Oh, I'm str- I'm struggling because I understand the comedy, but like what you're highlighting for me is something a little bit more triggering. Um, oh. I feel like for the females out there, which is like this early 2000s again feminism, where it's just directly pitting two women quite physically against each other, as evidenced by the tennis match and the stapler scene. Stapler fight. Stapler fight. And it's just like you. That tennis match was beat for beat, like bridesmaid scene. It was literally the same. It was the same, like hit the ball into her chest, into her chest. Funny, funny moment. And the bathroom moment in traffic when she yes gets like the rumblies and has to like run to um a trailer to do stuff. I was audibly going, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And at the it was the scene, same, tractor, it was like beat for scene. beat, like the same Bridesmaids. humor. Yeah. I was, I wrote down the tennis match. I wrote, it's the get your shit together, Carol scene. Yeah. <laughs> Carol, get your shit together, Carol. It, it was like, okay, literally like the same thing of like stepping in front of your partner, taking their shot back and forth, like wailing the ball and it ends mm. up knocking her out. Yeah, then, the, then it goes to faster, faster. Then the partner backs away. Then it's just the two women smacking that ball. The quick cut, <laughs> cut, 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 tit ball. Or no, tit the ball, ball in her head. And oh. then she's like knocked out and she's sitting with that little girl who's also overeating. And <laughs> I, for, oh, I forget right. what she says to her. But oh, right. oh my God, we have something really insane to bring up. She has a, a telephone boyfriend. Did you clock that, Ansel? Wait, who? Oh my goodness! I hope this is a surprise Wait, for you. What character are you talking about? Sandra Bullock, Lucy, right. has has a boyfriend who we only hear from on the phone. <gasps> oh yeah, I Chanel. This is like when I watch Game of Thrones. When I used to watch Game of Thrones, and there were scenes where I didn't understand. I just deleted them from my brain. I deleted it. I deleted every <laughs> time. She was on the phone. I was like, oh, it's a work call. I was like, oh, that's the law. That's just I law. Couldn't, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even entertain it because it was so confusing. It made no sense. So the point where she's like, Ansel and I broke up or whatever. I was like, who's Ansel? What? Who is who's Ansel? Ansel? And I, I was like, I, I can't even tell you. I had to go back and listen. And he makes like one phone call to her. And she's like, don't go falling in love with so, someone on the ship or whatever. Oh, a marine biologist. I was like, what? <laughs> What? <laughs> but um, I I deleted we can it. That I mentally deleted that scene. I also mentally deleted. But okay, the tennis scene. Um, I don't know. Did I put a pin in my point that like, 
I want to call. Not. I want to call June a home wrecking bitch. But that's what the 2000s movie yeah, wants. Yeah, I, I you know. To think. I know they're just priming us to hate that's her. That's what they want you I to just, do. I just felt like it was out of my control. Like I hated her. <laughs> you hate her because, like, she's presumably doing Sandy dirty. But again, no sexual tension between her and Hugh Grant. Yeah, she's like, she didn't really do anything wrong. Like, there really wasn't any sexual tension between Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. So, like, I wouldn't have assumed, like, it didn't seem like she was stepping on toes. No, exactly. But, and I mean, go ahead. There was this scene where the base, okay, well, and, uh, like, leading up to the baseball scene or whatever, uh, he makes a point to invite June in front of Sandra Bullock, which was sort of implies that, like, there's nothing else going on. Yeah. All messaging was pointing to he... I didn't see any conflict in Hugh Grant. I may have seen conflict in Sandra Bullock's performance. Like, oh, wait. You know, that's weird. I saw no conflict in his face. He seemed very proud of himself, very happy with his decisions. He... We were supposed to understand he, he was a cheater. He didn't strike me as, like you were saying before, particularly intelligent. No, he was a dum-dum. A real he dummy. He was a dum-dum. Now, that sports scene reminded me why I will I really avoid going to live sports. Mets game? Yeah. I, I think I paper shredded that moment as well. Some did a ball like hit her or something. Well, and this actually I feel like kind of crystallizes her character because it's the same sort of it it mirrors the opening scene where Anytime Sandra Bullock tries to do her public activism or anything on the public sphere, yeah, it doesn't work. And she's a failure. failure. It's only when she's supporting Hugh Grant that she's able to actually do anything of substance. Yeah, they're a team. Because she, ju- she just tries to catch the ball and she ends up ruining the game. And that mob of angry fans, they look like they're ready to burn her at the stake. Wait, tell tell the audience your favorite um, world shitting on Sandy moment in the opening when she puts the change in the coffee cup. I, okay, I I laughed many, many times during this tell movie. But I scream laughed when, <laughs> when she put coins in what she thought was a homeless person's cup, but it was just a man full of With coffee. coffee. <laughs> It was, the, it was w- one of the funniest things I've ever seen. She's like, I thought you were needy. I thought you were needy. I thought you were needy. <laughs> but that's, okay, that's that's the same thing. It's like, they keep, and this this goes along with the fact that we never see her do any legal work at all. It's like, they're painting her out to be actually, like, really ineffective. Yeah, like, she actually needs to kind of make a pact with the man yeah it's like she needs she needs a purpose she needs a purpose in life because just doing good deeds is 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 not not, is not enough and i think that fits into kind of that conservative agenda that Mm. that is along with made in manhattan where it's like um just doing good works for doing good works is fruitless because she's not actually changing anything she doesn't save that movie theater she doesn't save the community center 
No, she, well, she arguably does. Well, she does, but. <laughs> but like, is it really well, her? Well, sort of, but not really, because Hugh Grant quits at the end, and there's nothing know, to stop unclear. his family from destroying the community center. My hands are tied. I left. I, he quit. Are you ready for this, which I just articulated this morning? Oh, God. He is a George W. Did you catch that? No. She. His name is George Wade. Oh. She. The messaging is sinister and sneaky. Wow. Okay, she this is really. This is making me sick to my ends stomach. Ends up with a George W. I literally wrote the last thing that I wrote was that this. <laughs> is that the maid? It's the um, maid. This is. <laughs> I wrote. This is a drama about inherited wealth because I'm so tired really, of this it's <laughs> it's not shit. about it's not about her or any of her legal aspirations it's about reconciling his problems with inheriting wealth and then at the end okay I could have appreciated if at the end right like when he quits if he was he he says to her I'm poor now is that okay? Oh and she's, God. you could see a little light bulb go off in her mind. She's like, yeah, this is great. I'm poor too. You, we can do this together. And he's like, if if you mean sharing a helicopter with somebody else. And I was like, and she, she giggles. And that's supposed to be charming. Charming. And then he oh takes a tour. Of, he takes a tour of her apartment. Oh yeah. Remember he's like, when, I can get across it in six paces, six seconds. Both. The first scene, remember that meme, that Hillary Clinton meme where she's like looking in that person's apartment? No, wait. Have you ever seen that? It's like like a meme where she's like looking into someone's kitchen and she has like this shocked face (laughs) when she was campaigning one time. Poor people. Yeah. It was was very much the same energy of like... Yup. Of um, just like shock and awe. His shock and awe. And it was played for comedy. He, 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 he. She's poor. Wow. His name is George W. Yeah. I articulated that today. I was like, oh, shit. Because, okay, I really well, enjoy- Well, people are people, people. Yeah. That I was the enjoy... poster in the break room. Wait, what was the poster? Say it again. It said, Wade people are people, people. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just another movie where this billionaire is like seen, is supposed to be like a man of the people. He's charming. He cares. Like- he cares, blah, 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 but he's everything he is because of the woman in his life. She writes that soundbite. She she gives the soundbite to the magazine that attracts June to the firm. I'm just like, oh my goodness. This inception level, because I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the real world is like this. Is it? I know, you've never, you've never been outside, so I can let you know. <laughs> But, all right, here's what I want to say. I love the movies. I love movies, and I'm trying to write one. Again, oh. brag. Oh. I'm trying to write a movie. It right. is so Made hard. and Manhattan, right? Made and Manhattan. That's what I'm writing. Um, <laughs> we have to replace made, though, or else I can't get funding. Stewardess and the plane. It's going to be, actually, to get away with it, it's going to be made, M-A-D-E, and Manhattan. <laughs> and it's going to be that reverse play on words. No, I'm, like, trying to, I love movies. I want to write them. It is impossible not to write a cliche film having internalized all these films as a kid. I'm right. just like, oh, here's where the wife comes in and is like, honey, you know, you you left your clothes out again. And I'm like, why am I writing that character? That's fucked up. 
it's it yeah you're right it's hard to escape the trappings of art that has come before but I'm this is a I'm pretty this one seems to be really trafficking in some some dangerous material <laughs> i want to bring out some quotes from hugh grant's character he goes she makes gandhi look like a used car salesman <laughs> in oh reference God. to her social justice ways <laughs> oh. <laughs> wait you had just mentioned the the magazine quote oh yeah that she writes okay but later in the movie they both talk about how they co-wrote it together um yeah gaslighting again 101 but she but in the scene she's like yeah we did like we wrote that together i i did go back i did go back and look at it and he yeah he in kind of much very much how you source your your synopsis and then you add yeah. your little flair at the end i think he she he adds a sentence but yeah. the sentiment is hers which is just not okay with me and she's and that's the other thing the women in these movies are fine with it they're like mm-hmm, you take that just take it yeah she didn't seem too too flummoxed by it nope didn't care didn't care now are we gonna mention um who else was in the movie 45th president of the United States. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. They oh were name God. drop. I'm not, I'm going to do it like Whoopi Goldberg on The View where she doesn't use, it. she doesn't use his name. She just says the guy in the White House. Okay. Okay. They oh mentioned that guy who used to be in the White House a few times in the beginning of the movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like I remember, I know, I know that that person was kind of a cultural idea. He really and was. And then he appears and yeah. has lines. Yeah. And doesn't do too shabby with them. Oh. <laughs> I've seen worse. I've seen worse too. I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse. That, oh, they should never release copies of this film ever again. Burn it. <laughs> that caught me off guard. It was really hard to witness. I get it, though. If we're painting a picture of 2002, you know, real estate developers need money. That's the name. That's the name you're giving in New York City. Well, not just that, but like it really is what the movie is celebrating is it's celebrating the need for real estate development in New York City and celebrating the positive aspects of it. It's like it's it's almost like an invitation to developers to come yeah. here Come here now, and this is a great market to get into. And uh, that felt that felt appealing, I'm sure, to developers watching this movie. Oh, it it was almost like you know how movies kind of convince you, like, oh, you watch an Olympic, you watch, um, yeah, someone beat Tanya Harding. You're like, I too can be an Olympic skater. This was like, you too can be a New York City developer. <laughs> can be a New York City developer. Just come come through with your money, with your right. riches. Oh, my goodness. The other random things I have sp- scribbled across my pages is I'm clearly very confused at the establishing shot of the grand, the exterior of the grand. I read it so yeah. many times. I'm like, what? what is this? I'm so confused by this. And it took me till the end of the movie to realize that's his home. He lives there. That's the hotel. That's the Tribeca Grand. And he says it in like the first 15 minutes. 
and paper gone just in one ear out the other i was like no not gonna listen to you buddy i know you don't you mentioned it a few moments ago so it's i'm not revealing any new information but you don't get out a whole lot but that is a hotel it's downtown i've I've been there. He bragging. Had but no idea. That was the interior of it. I don't think that his apartment, his hotel apartment was in the hotel, but that might yeah. have been filmed on a separate a separate stage. Clearly a set, potentially. Oh my goodness, this movie. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, like any other scenes we really... I mean, do you want to talk about the stapler to just really solidify <laughs> the enemy, that they're enemies? I mean, we we have we have a, a cat fight when literally when Sandra Bullock's two weeks are up and she has to leave, and she demands that she gets to keep her stapler, and it which gets is visible. kind of a, a very interesting because you know for for a lawyer, I don't know if a stapler is the tool they would use the most, <laughs> right? That's why it's like it they be? portrayed her. They portrayed her as like a secretary. Like, make her give up her work phone number and then fight over that. Something, That's important. Something, something her, relevant her to the job. Number. Something relevant to the job. But I was waiting for some. Well, I was waiting for something to get stapled to something. Just like use they, it once. You like their their dresses would have gotten stapled together or something like that, but yeah, that moment was truly wild. I just know that the the writer of this script was like, we need these women to kind of come to a like this needs to come to a boil here, and it felt right. like a placeholder scene. Like they need to fight, and you know it's a light hearted comedy, so let's make it get like physical, but in a funny way. And it felt like okay, we can put the stapler placeholder scene in, but we'll replace it later. And then it, yeah. it just always became about a stapler. And it was so bizarre. So bizarre. At her going away party when <laughs> the one guy does a song a or something. Or a poem. <laughs> and then she, and she does her poem. And she ends up like saying to them, like, if, you, if anybody here gets arrested for murder, I can help you out. <laughs> I, that was another Silence. thing too, like. They cast charming, charming Sandra Bullock. We giggle at every one of her pratfalls, every little misstep. Um, we're we're just giggling, we're laughing, and then tasting the trying... envelopes, tasting the envelopes. Oh my god, when she licks the envelopes, that was so funny. Oh, was that an overeaters mention thing? Probably. <gasps> oh. She tastes the envelopes. Right. The only way she can decide again. what envelope is better is by tasting them. Mm. Yummy. Got it. But. So, so then we're, again, one of those things, the packaging was just off. We're led to believe she's not funny in that moment because we cut to a dead silent room and they're like, this isn't funny. But I'm just yeah. like, no, no, no. All movie we've, we've been giggling and now we have to decide she's not funny because you're telling us to. Yeah. It's weird. Oh my God. Wait, when they, when they both get their salads and she takes the highly caloric crunchy topping and moves it to her plate and she gives him the beets. The beets. <laughs> I, I was, like I said, first pass, I was like, that's so rude of him. He's not even asking. He's taking her strawberries. That's what I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were supposed to get, they complete each other. They yeah, are, they're, they're an they old married couple. Yes, they need each other. They did, they tried to do that a few more times. Also, having a, a really close bathroom call with somebody, they were like, this, they're meant to be. Like, that was the messaging behind that. Are we to assume so that she has, that she has a familial generational issue with overeating 
because I, oh because her dad was eating soy products <laughs> the whole movie <laughs> tofuti he was eating he was eating they were eating tofu cheesecake yeah and are we supposed to assume that because her whole family can't control their eating that they that they've had to shift to lower calorie desserts so that they can continue to eat high volume but bring down the calorie count oh my god is that what was going on i think so i i gotta know why they didn't change the script when they cast sandra bullock like i understand it's a real quirky nice little character trait she's an overeater you're gonna have to give me overeater and overeaters come in many shapes and sizes sure. but you you just didn't they didn't sell it I, I honestly this is another point that you bring up often on the pod not a norma ray expose no we're not going to get a glimpse behind what it's really like to be an overeater Ugh, use something else when you cast sandra bullock like her quirk has to be something different she collects fingernails i don't know but it just can't be overeating <laughs> Yeah, like now that we're talking about it, I'm like, wow, there were so many different nuggets that I guess all go in the same basket, but they all felt like they were all in individual baskets, like the soy cake, the Tums, the yes. the, the dessert float that she orders. I'm like, oh, they all go together. Yeah, it felt so disjointed and segmented and it took me a second pass through at least a couple of key moments for me to be like, Oh, oh, F- flawed person, overeater. Right. And he still loves her. It really took me the two tries at this to get that. He's really, he's really accommodating. Oh my God. He's so forgiving. A saint to this man, a saint. <laughs> a put, a to saint. put up with a shrew. <laughs> oh my God. So then I think we have to go to the, his ending speech or his scene with her, right? When she's working at that kind of nasty legal aid office when she goes to like the homely pro bono office to continue wait, her wait, social wait, wait, justice wait wait, wait 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 before we get to that and this will tie into the scene so it's not okay. really far off i'm ready because now i feel like this this also goes into the basket the woman <laughs> one of who, the baskets the the the, the food body issue basket uh-huh. the woman who comes in for the interview oh no and they and he, <laughs> what does he say to her Oh, yes, no. so she's like, pregnant or oh, she just like, gave birth. He's like, congratulations on your new baby or something. Oh. <laughs> okay, the woman is bigger than Sandra Bullock, but like she's not like, she's not She's huge. not even super plus size. No. no. She's just like a bigger, someone bigger than Sandra Bullock, which is everyone. <laughs> so that's why I was like, it was a strange moment because... What was he saying? He was he was saying that she she just gave birth because she was bigger. Yeah, this was super clunky. It was like, how do we communicate that he's just misstep and and misstepped, misstep, whatever? How do we communicate that Lawyer. he's going to put his foot in his mouth here? And right, um, he just calls like a bigger lady. He just says to a bigger lady, "Congrats on your new bundle of joy" or something. And she's like, "I wasn't pregnant." It feels like a if you have nothing. Nice to say, don't say it at all kind of scenario there. Yeah. I think the rule of thumb with like commenting on people if they're pregnant is like, I need to see the child coming out of you. And then I will say you, congratulations. Congratulations. Because otherwise, otherwise it's a real losing battle. I know. And yet another reason why he had no redeeming qualities and he gets away kind of scot-free in this movie. Just completely scot-free. 
Right. But I feel like it, there has to be some connection there between like body something. I'm going to put them in the same basket. I think we should culturally keep our eyes peeled for <laughs> this body stuff in 2002. It was a time of intense, intense cultural gaslighting where they would put Hillary Duff on the cover of a magazine and be like, look at this bigger woman bigger girl yeah oh by the way guys the podcast is now entitled 2002 and we're just gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna watch every movie that came out in 2002 i would actually love that i think 2002 (laughs) is a beautiful year in cinema oh yeah it it's super i grew up with this i grew up with all of this it's like you wouldn't look at her and be like big but because someone told you that now you're thinking about it now it's on your mind Um, right and that's this movie in a nutshell like I wasn't thinking she was pushy or and or aggressive at all. Like I, she was doing it in a very nice way, the whole way through. And it's Sandra Bullock's like sweet little voice. So he calls her like pushy and aggressive and all this stuff. But anyway, okay. So that woman, yeah. So is the also woman working he, at the Legal Aid Society. Yes. And when Hugh Grant comes in, she alerts him to the fact that she is. Is pregnant. actually pregnant now. I didn't. I all. I agreed with him in the scenario where I would say I'm going to say nothing because that that's a lose lose. Say nothing. <laughs> Default to saying nothing is is solid advice. Yeah. But she was serious. <laughs> I think right was she? I think. Here's the thing. <laughs> if it was a jokey troll on her behalf, I'm like, go get it, girl. Good for you. Hell yeah. Troll the yeah. shit out of this guy. Get him to say congrats and then be like, I was kidding again. Yeah. Give me some payoff on this joke. She just goes, no, I actually am. It was am. very strange. Yeah, it was just weird. Yeah, I actually am pregnant. And he goes, oh, okay. Still opts to say nothing, though. You Gives his whole right, speech. Right, right. And then at the end, I think he goes, congratulations, like on his way out or something as a throwaway. Yeah. And we're like, okay, he's nice, I guess. Also, okay, in at the Legal Aids Center... Okay, before Hugh Grant shows up, we see Sandra Bullock interacting with a client. And I think for the first time, we're going to see her do some lawyer work. And the only thing we see her do is she goes, "Mm, yeah, I think we can help. I think we can help with this. Let me go get the forms. (laughs) I was like, that's it? That's That's the only thing we do? She's a glorified secretary. And again, the the only other scene where she's doing any legal work is the, the the divorce proceeding. And that gets interrupted because the woman throws a glass of water at her and it goes up her nose. It's on my nose. It's on my nose. 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 Her physical comedy is pretty off the charts. I can see where, um, you know that movie with her and Melissa McCarthy, The Heat? That right. was just like quintessential Sandy given us her best um, physical comedy. Yeah. I think I'm learning that it might be easier to write a movie than I thought. You really don't have to know anything or give them anything. Any specifics, really. Just make sure your leading lady eats a lot. Yes. But still looks hot. 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 I wrote that down too about like the early 2000s feminism, which we're going to clock. Like we have no choice. We're in it at this point. It's just like we kind of get this message of like women can be smart too because she is so smart. She's like running circles around him. And then same with June. She comes from Harvard. So we might not have liked her, but you know, she's a smart lady. 
And then it's like, no, 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 women can be smart if they're also nice to look at and 25. Right. right. So we'll clock that. It's unfortunate, but it was there. <laughs> and Hugh Grant calls her at one point. He goes, you look like my spinster sister. <laughs> it must have been the bangs. The bangs were not great. And then they fall in love. They fall in love and... Oh, so hard. it. Yeah, they fall in love and I want to go to his speech. Um, I have a bazillion tabs open at this point, but... The one that he reads to her? He says some truly shocking things in this speech. Um, likening her to a building or was that when they get on the street? No, I think that's when they get on the street. He talks about her as a building. Yeah, there is a whole, there is a lot of of comparison work being done to say that buildings are human. Buildings are alive and vice versa. People buildings are buildings. are human. Okay, so I need your advice on one last thing that I promise you, you'll never hear from me again. So that's when he's in the office, right? He comes in and he's like, I'm going to deliver his like, he's going to deliver a speech to her. Right. And then he goes, I gave my word to someone that we wouldn't knock down this building behind me. Are you gonna, you're going to do the accent? No. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, he goes, but mainly because this person, despite being unusually stubborn and unwilling to compromise and a very poor dresser, oh. is she's rather like the building she loves so much. A little rough around the edges, but if you look closely, absolutely beautiful. I guess that's nice. I guess that's a nice thing to say to someone. That's the best he got. (laughs) You're like a building. You're like a building that you have to get really close up to it and squint. (laughs) And almost close your eyes. And then and then it's beautiful. I get it. They were going they were going community center. She's like the community center. What's the the lowest common denominator? If you're familiar with math, building. Let's divide by building. Right. They're both buildings. She's the plastic chairs out front. <laughs> I guess they couldn't get permits to shoot inside that thing. Or maybe it was empty inside. <laughs> but it's like... Building. It was literally being knocked down as they were talking. Because, <laughs> he again, he he leads her to believe that he's prevented the demolition. But... Who knows? He's only just passed the buck to somebody else. Yeah. Mama and daddy could really <laughs> take that down. Once again, a, a dynasty of money. No no telling what they could do with that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, bet that, I know this will sound controversial, but that new building, it, could prob- it probably would help her parents, the property value of their home. This had eerie similarities to that whole Barclays Center thing in Brooklyn where uh-huh. they were like straight up kicking people out of their houses to build this fucking center and giving sure. them like a couple thousand bucks to leave. Yeah. That's not really a community center. <laughs> Definitely not. But hey. You're right though. Same idea. Through Same the idea. roof. Through the roof. Barclays. It's sad. Through the roof. Um, what haven't we touched? I mean, do we want to, this is just a throwaway moment. The friend says women are like, women aren't like chess. They don't have rules. 
<laughs> wow. I don't they're even know how to chess. unpack that. I, I couldn't. I couldn't if I tried. When they're playing like, strip chess? No, like the best, Hugh Grant's best friend and him are like oh, playing chess. Uh, and he's like, you see, you know how chess has rules? Well, women don't have rules or something like that. <laughs> women have no rules. She's, oh, he goes, she's hard to control, Lucy. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this isn't a film. And then it's it's all made okay by the fact, that, as evidenced by the fact that he still lives with his mom. So then we're supposed to be like, Ugh, what does he know about right. women? That was shocking. That was really shocking. Not a lot of character development with that guy. Not much, no. And then you can really see this director-writer's touch because a lot of recycled dialogue from his congeniality. He understands what works, and he's not trying to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of, um, to Sandy, soften your appearance. Well, not just that, but this is now... How often do you get a Lamaze reference? We got a second Lamaze reference in this movie. Wait. Do tell. I forget. Where? They, I forget. I wrote it down. Lamaze. Let me think about it. She does look at Maybe a Maybe she says it after the pregnant lady. She says Lamaze. It oh, comes really? out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to Miss Congeniality. So he likes gum humor? Or maybe Sandy likes gum humor. <gasps> oh my God, there was gum humor. Because there's the gum spit in Miss Congeniality and then there's a gum spit in this movie. Um, we like Sandy falling and her hair getting a little messed up. Um, happens a lot in Miss Congeniality. And then in this, she falls, her hair gets caught on his belt buckle. And it's like a little right. funny. Oh, that was funny. Yes. And then there's a ton of references to her appearance and her sound being just bad or off. Yeah. When she's Sandra fucking Bullock. That's that. They're on the street. So he does the speech. And she is like, go home. And he mm-hmm. leaves, tail between his legs. And she sits at the office at a desk with her other ladies. And she's like something to the effect of, is it just me? Or was that a perfect speech? <laughs> yeah, that after, was her take. After the building reference. Right. And they were like, yeah, I- I'm shocked you're still sitting here. Which <laughs> it maybe is a little wink, wink, nod, nod to the form. A rom-com. I kind of like, sure. you know, whatever. And then she runs out the front door and she like, can't find him, can't find him. And then she spots the suit and she's like, George. And they run into each other's arms. And after a very bizarre hour and a half, the takeaway is, I love you. (laughs) There had been no, there had been no intimacy between the two of them. And she doesn't really even get a say in it because... As soon as she starts talking, he does cover her mouth to shut her up and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. gives her gives her a big big wet one on the mouth. And yep. that lets us know that they're in love because uh, previous to that, uh, it was as if they were friends. So it was good to see it was good to see him choose that they were in a relationship now. I pick because otherwise she would have she would have dragged her feet. She would have been so confused. Yeah, he covers her mouth and he's like, I know you can be harsh and demanding. Or no, or she's like, I know I can be harsh and demanding. And she's just like spewing. And yet again, another example of like, they had to tell me that she's harsh and demanding because it looked like she was just a really good personal assistant. For she's a great she's a great secretary. Yes. And I bet if she worked hard enough, she could be the manager of the secretaries <laughs> at the legal office. The secretary to manager pipeline that we saw explored in Made in Manhattan. 
paper pusher to manager. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote, is this how love works? Apparently. You just go from like glorified nanny to like, I love you. It works. At, it, love works, according to this movie, that you just have to wait for somebody to tell you. To say it. That you're in love with them. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you'll know. Wow. Makes total sense. So just keep your eyes out whenever yeah, you're. Eyes and ears open. Yeah. And just make times. sure you make sure you always leave the house with makeup. Okay. Did and you talk to my cute, mom before this and pod? A, and a cute dress. Wait, what the mom in this or like Sandy says something that her mom says, and I was like, Did my mom write this? It was like B pluses are unacceptable or something. There's Never something settle for that. a B minus on a a B on a test. She's she's Not like great. basically confessing to him that she never settles for bees and i was like that's my mom's motto like you can negotiate out of the bee <laughs> mom like did you go on and talk to your professor did you just like just go on and talk just talk to them anyway i have a lot of trauma we won't Clearly. get into it here we don't have time we don't have time we really don't have time oh and that's all the time we have today that's all the time we have folks final thoughts final thoughts anything my final thought is i'm glad that we discussed this and i now realize that it's a meditation on overeating and kind of the dangers of gluttony in for women let me just say women women. men can be gluttonous when it comes to real estate but women can't be gluttonous when it comes to food that's that's the theme of the movie once again required viewing as as all of our movies are that we cover on this channel right channel right. why do i keep saying channel podcast and if you skipped made in manhattan shame on you shame that's my favorite episode we've done noted Alrighty. thank you sandra thank you sandra bullock thank you new york city thank you thank you sandra bullock thank you hugh grant thank you steven um we will see you guys on the next one don't forget Where i'm to- sure we'll have to clear up some of the lies that you told this time but we'll deal with that next time We will take responsibility next time. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye, everyone.